and uh, where is it? And action. Oh. Welcome, everybody. What? And <laughs> that went really well. Uh, yeah. Action. And welcome, everybody. <laughs> Double take. Uh, welcome to uh, PMP episode, PMP weekly episode 222, which is 222. Yes. That's actually good. So thank you, Walter, for correcting me there. I, I thought that we are already one ahead. So that's, that's actually good. Now, uh, this time we'll have a a bit more special uh, setup. So we're not going to do articles um, because of uh, the timing of the recording of this one, uh, because there's some business travel and all of that. Um, but we're going to have, we will have a visitor in the show who's going to be Bert Janssen. Before we go there, um, typically in the show, uh, we always have a visitor like today, and then we'll go through the weekly articles. As I said this week, we're not going to do that. We're going to do the, all of those articles within the next episode. Uh, use PMP hashtag, PMP weekly hashtag in the Twitter or X, uh, so we know uh, the cool stuff what you're building. Um, I guess that's more than enough for the quick intro. Let's jump on the interview and let me uh, play around with the system. And I'm adding Bert on the stage. And Bert is on the stage. Yay! Hey, I'm here. <laughs> yes. Hey, you me? Yes. And let me actually flip you there. So now we're in a good position. Excellent. So uh, thank you, Bert, for joining on the on the show. You've been a few times on the PMP Weekly, um, but there's always good stuff to talk about. And and this time we wanted to actually explicitly talk about one specific area where people what people should be aware. But before we go there, um, can you do a quick intro? Intro. English. English is catching it. Intro. Yeah. Who you are and what you do for a living. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Uh, like. Um been uh, around like 16 years at Microsoft now, uh, all of my career. Almost as long uh, as I have. So. Almost as long as you, like um, <laughs> half a year later. And you got me into SharePoint, but let's not, not really jump in, into, into that story <laughs> oh, it for was now. You. Wow, uh, now we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back know. in 16 and a half years ago. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, SharePoint is my life at Microsoft uh, for a big part. Uh, but doing different Things working with customers, ISVs, uh, coding, uh, doing uh, product management, uh, project management, data science, kind of a lot of things actually. Which is it I something like you do. are not doing? Uh, Ma marketing. 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 That's true because that's on my side, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's as a marketing manager, I, I deal with the rest. So. <laughs> Just operational <laughs> side of the house. <laughs> no, but uh, meaning I, I, I like to have different things to, to, to work yeah. on. I'm not like a one doing one thing and then focusing only on that one sole thing. So it, it's fine for me. So um, gives a lot of variation in the day-to-day -day job. But we're on the same team now with Vesa. So I think previous uh, times I was sure. in the show, uh, we were still in different teams, but step by step, year by year, we kind of got close to each other. And it I only took team. 16 years. So Waldeck, one of these years, we were. End up yeah. in the same team. <laughs> when, when I'm about well, to retire, Waldeck, then that, uh, if, yeah, if that's going to take me 16 years, that you might no longer be working. You might say, Who knows? Like, you know what? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe we're still doing SharePoint and and just being super excited about mm -hmm. portals. So, you know, you never know. Yeah. Within 16 years, yeah, I, I think of different <laughs> plans. <laughs> but really? that's all. Yes, really. <laughs> so in, within 50 years, within 16 years, you will be 45, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. See, see the color? Yeah. So I'm getting better. More, more color. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you that doesn't mean? say anything. Well, yeah. It's funny that the color has been avoiding me, and, and I'm the longest in the, in the company, and then it's 
Well, we're you taking one for the team, so that exactly, happen. exactly. Thank you, thank you for that. Really cool. But yeah, so so for a lot of the stuff that we do in a community side, actually, Bert has been fundamental on making things happen behind of the scenes. And you don't, you're not super active in social media or anywhere anywhere else, but you do a lot of stuff. So if people would go to a GitHub profile, they would see a lot of stuff for sure. Oh yeah, it is. It's like all green, all green dots there. You should look at the day-to-day profile. So yeah, a lot of things happening in GitHub, uh, especially around the uh, course of gay uh, nowadays, uh, the framework. So the .NET side of the house, I would say, uh, not really that active in the other areas, but uh, that's enough to keep me busy uh, with the rest of the job. Uh, sure, that's true. Quickly looking at GitHub. Uh, so for whatever reason, in early between May and June, you have three days which are on gray. Other than that, they're green. So just calling it out. You're slacking. Yeah, Auto yeah. Automated job, just a script uploading. That it was down. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> not not buying it. You're ruining it. And and to be honest, the GitHub profile has nothing to do with you know the value of what people are providing yeah. and everything else. So it's it's not like everybody should be working, you know, the, the classic joke a joke or, or a meme or whatever it was around some point in Twitter. It's like, why aren't you doing this? And somebody has a lot of green on it. It's just like, well, because I have life. You know, some of us, you know, have a life outside. Are you outside trying to say that, that we don't? I feel offended. <laughs> You're making conclusions out of, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then Bert, you've been fundamental also on the on the PMP initiative from day one. Which thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, pushing on things already back in when was it 2013, 14, 2013, 13, 13. 13. like not That's actually ten years well, from internal thing. From a we public moment, it is yes. almost ten years now. Like yes. uh, for me, like maybe yes. this month or next month, something like that. So yeah. on that note, going way back, way, way back, way, uh, way back, right? Like you, you probably both know, you know, the meme of the guy that dances at festival and here's the, the only one to dance. And then eventually, yeah. eventually the whole crowd. Yep. Was it like that on the day one and then the month one and the year one? And there's like, like, was it exactly that? Like you were the only one trying to energize everybody and everybody came eventually. Was it like the really alone, you know, the lone thing or or not? I would say yes, kind of. So so luckily, so we had we had this connection on the work side uh, that I can't even remember how how did you Bert, jump on board on this immediately almost? Uh, I, I think your code probably didn't work and you needed somebody to help. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I had a customer and uh, meaning. We need to do some True. things, and yes. then like, well, why do I need to invent everything? Why can't I share things? And, and you found the uh, stuff what we were that, doing for one yeah, other customer. Right, I and... connect there, and then from there on, started to grow, yeah. and more people joined as well. And then, uh, yeah, sure. I think most people know the story how it all kind of evolved. Yeah, but it's still actually coming back on that. I'm trying to remember. We were not even we were not connected before that moment. So for what somehow magically we got connected because of the project because of the mm -hmm. BMP and you were basically the first one who started then we started doing stuff together related on our customer engagements right. and then pretty fast because I was actually in the MCM program the master certification program for SharePoint uh, there was I had talked about you know open source community there 
some of these patterns in the MCM uh, and, and I say this is how you should be doing things we found quite fast than external people no but Paul and Irving are coming they're coming in 2014 no first we have First Schumann oh, and, and uh, Steve Walker, of course. Um, Steve Walker, Schumann, Frank. Frank was pretty fast as well. Uh, we, still, when internals, we were still right? internals, yes. Yeah. When we, but at that moment, we were still internals. And there, I can still find that was a Yammer group. Now there's obviously NKH, uh, uh, where we had stuff getting shared. And the project name was GAPS, uh, which mm -hmm. is actually kind of funny uh, because we were addressing GAPS which were not part of the product, so, you know, so Somehow it wasn't really a, a good name. <laughs> no, but that's a future-proof name, meaning yes. that will apply, keep, keep, that will stay valid. There's always true. gaps to fix. It's true. There's always gaps to fix. But yeah, that's actually true, now that I'm thinking this. Um, and maybe, and, and again, within a year, uh, we'll be having a public 10-year anniversary on the on the initiative and thinking and, and all of that. And obviously, it's, it's much bigger than mere Bert, and we're not even leading any of that the stuff um, uh, anymore. Well, of course, we have our own individual projects, um, but the, the beauty of this stuff has been that it's it's basically it's self-sustainable, so to say, uh, so to say. Right? Well, I mean, I think it's a stretch saying that you're not leading any of that. I think that the world would look <laughs> differently if you weren't around tomorrow. So. For that, but it would probably still continue doing stuff. Uh, so a lot of the yes, so, but are one does not exclude the other, right? No, one no, does no, not fair. exclude the other. So fair, fair. but I the humble I, you kicking in like I am not leading it. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to get away from this. Come on, no, just, not going anywhere. It's okay. <laughs> Your resistance is futile. <laughs> yes, but yeah. So um, and. Uh, just to recap, I will just to summarize. We started in 2013 internally, then on uh, Shipman Conference 2014. Uh, that was the first time we went public uh, with the name of Office App Model Samples, Office AMS. Mm -hmm. And then it transformed to be Microsoft 365 Developer Patterns and Practices in 2014 uh, autumn. Yeah. And that's when we moved to GitHub as well. And then we created right. the GitHub areas and all of that. And Microsoft didn't have an open source offices or anything and as we went to the GitHub, people in microsoft was like why 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 because we were not owning github at the time so. i do, do recall on, on the github thing like that i think we were both in redmond when we did yes. it the yep. first time i'm not sure over the conference anyhow with the like we had to try it like five times to get things properly on github and understand how it works <laughs> sure. and that's uh, all kind what of is this push and pull and... yeah you oh, used the TFS back in the days, uh, yes. and, and so there's some different concepts, and so meaning even we struggled back then. Like uh, so, it's. I'm trying to think that on 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 Codeplex was that TFS or was that SVN? Uh, TFS in the back end, I think Codeplex. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably thing. Yeah. Way different. But Way that's all long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Git is really good. Yeah, so was... I really like it. Yeah, but it takes a while to, you know, learn it and understand how it actually works. Yep, yep. Now, related on that one, so that work started as a transformation tooling from on-premises to cloud, and then obviously there's multiple other initiatives now, kind of a spin-off on that, which is great, uh, and 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 it's no longer about the transformation as such, but there's still some work to be done on the transformation side. Um, because we still have classic experiences in, in, some, in the SharePoint area as well, hopefully we'll clean up those but office adding model samples adding model all of that is a great segue 
and the, the, one mm -hmm. of the announcements which are coming up pretty soon. And this is, we talked about this one with Bert. I'm, I will take blame on this. I'm, I'm, I'm basically blackmailing Bert to talk about this one a bit ahead of time. Um, but uh, we will announce finally, 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 we should have done this already a while ago, an official deprecation of SharePoint adding model uh, within uh, upcoming uh, month or so, right? Or weeks or months. It's in months. November. Let's months. put it this way. So, yes. <laughs> cool. On Wednesday. On Wednesday. On uh, but uh, before end of this calendar year, can you be specific? So, are you saying that adding model? And I'm asking for myself because I know what's this adding model is going to be gone then by end of this year. What what does this mean? What does it mean? Well, <clears throat> people don't have to uh, start kind of being afraid. Meaning, first of all, adding models. I've been around like a long, long time, as you mentioned. We started when we started with the PNP. It all, they were there, uh, so there's a long time ago. They're still around. Uh, we have good alternatives to SharePoint Framework. Uh, it is the, the, the developer platform they use for SharePoint development. So um, it's time to uh, think about retiring add-ins. Um, now retirement nowadays means for Microsoft uh, we do this in, in a fairly step-by-step -step approach and give people a long lead way. Uh, so uh, when you see the announcement in the coming months, <laughs> it will not uh, be like, a, hey, within one year, you have to be done. Everything has to be moved and everything, all add-ins are over and, and stop working. That's not the case. Yep. So there will be plenty of time for you to, uh, as you're an, if you're an ISV uh, or developer, uh, to um, think about building a new solution uh, using modern development techniques. Uh, so. It's coming, uh, but it, you have the option and the time to, to uh, make the change. And we provide excellent guidance to actually help you. Uh, there was a ton of articles and videos that will help you understand like uh, how to uh, change feature X in the add-in model uh, into something equivalent uh, in, in new develop modern development paradigms. Yep. So, so with that, for, for the audience, I want to ask two, two things. Because you mentioned that SPFX is al alternative. It is to some things, but you can also use add-ins for you know for the long-running operation, ele elevating privileges and all that. Like you, you obviously cannot do that, do that in SPFX. So one, like how would you deal with that? And two, what about on-prem? Yeah, good questions. Two good questions. Uh, uh, for the first one, uh, the SharePoint uh, framework is not is running in the browser, right? Uh, so some things you shouldn't run in the browser. And with add-ins, you had kind of two flavors, the provider hosted and the SharePoint hosted. SharePoint hosted are the things running inside the browser. SPFX is really a good one-on-one -on -one mapping there. For the provider hosted, which would typically build in C-sharp, for example, you would not run that in a browser. Uh, you can, depending on the type of add-in and what you did there, maybe make it a client-side thing only, but uh, if you need a server-side, any SaaS solution will will be fine. You can write some Azure Functions, uh, Azure SPFX web application, uh, Kind of port your .NET code. Uh, you can move to different stack if you want. So there's plenty of options for you to actually make that happen. Uh, I think the, the thing is pick the platform and what works best for you. What uh, today matches with your experience and, and the tooling inside your company. Uh, I would say uh, on the on-prem. Before we go there, I'll just say, and then of course this is basically Azure or Entra ID apps, right? So basically Correct. the mission model or Entra Azure AD, Entra ID. 
apps and then doing the uh, whatever whatever you're running uh, it's it's running in Azure AWS or whatever it could be actually in AWS but still yeah could yeah. be we prefer Azure obviously but but in yes. the end it doesn't really matter uh, but yeah Entra ID or Azure ID uh, Azure app apps and entra apps oh, i need to get really used to this yeah. <laughs> but that that's the the thing that you really have to use no matter yep. where you host it right so that's the way to authenticate yep. towards sharepoint so to be, be able to make a, a call a graph call a graph api uh, and, and get some data back for example so yes absolutely um on-prem 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 so for the for the folks using on-prem um some have configured the on-prem setup to be able to install add-ins from the store, or you can install them like locally by deploying them to your app catalog. So the same concepts that we have in online exist on-prem as well. Um, and there is not really an impact from prem I would say. Um, so um, the different code paths, different uh, they evolve on uh, different uh, kind of rhythm. Your add-ins uh, that you install via the, from the store for on-prem, you can still keep doing that. Now, at a certain point, if there's no add-ins anymore for SharePoint Online, there will, be, will not be many ICs building anything anymore for on-prem either, because it's typically uh, like you built for like the large audience and you're happy to see that there's also some on-prem usage for those add-ins. So I mean, it will fade out, but uh, there is no like immediate concern or worry for the folks using on-prem and having add-ins deployed there. Uh, Thing that's so, different. so in other words, like if we let's say at some point sun, 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 sunset the model, what about things like a, a uh, ACS, which is kind of the fundamental block that allows you to authenticate from 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 add-in? How would that? How like, will there still be components available that that allow you to authenticate through the add-in approach on-prem, or will that go away? And basically, he's asking good I mean, questions, Bert. He's asking good questions. Yeah, he's asking good questions. You know, like, so, yes, are guy. we going to remove the fundamental <laughs> components, the building blocks for add-ins on-prem that will just make it impossible for you to run it? And then you will need to either go back to, God forbid, out, out, out of USPs. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Which like, are, by the way, fully supported in on-prem. On so, if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, run yeah, the yeah. code on the box. No, you have well, to go to well, full trust code. Uh, that's the future. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't no, say things. People quote you in the wrong way. That was joke. <laughs> no, no. Joke. Rewind. Rewind. Scratch. Scratch that. Uh, um, so, you talked about uh, ACS. Um, there is, with, with regards to ACS, there is no impact for SharePoint on-prem, right? ACS, um, and now we go a little bit sideways, but ACS is, for example, used for hybrid scenarios right. in on-prem. If you have hyper search and you want in your, your in online you want to see search results from on-prem or vice versa, that depends on ACS as being the authentication platform, the the OAuth provider for on-prem, and you can do that also. The developer use OAuth in on-prem with ACS connected to your uh, production uh, to your Microsoft 365 tenant. Yep. All these scenarios they stay they stay working. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, um, that being said, that's for on-prem. For online, uh, story will be different. So. Uh, now we're anyhow talking about things. Uh, let's continue then. Um, so also ACS will follow like a retirement path uh, aligned with the add-in path, which is kind of obvious for uh, if you're a developer and using those techniques because you provide hosted add-ins, for example, depend on ACS mm -hmm. for the application needs for connecting back to, uh, for often use ACS for connecting back to, to SharePoint. 
So um, both kind of uh, follow like a combined uh, retirement path and both will be announced in, in, the, in a couple of months. Yes. So By what, end of this what, calendar what year. Be, so so what, what, what will be then the server side development recommended approach for on-prem? Now we are kind of mixing topics, but if we stay in yeah. on-prem, uh, SPFX we, server we side. On-prem. We haven't moved. No, no. Move, move, move well, we kind of touched a bit about yeah, the, sorry. the, the ACs, yeah. Go um, go but, yeah, so uh, for on-prem, uh, so again, the on-prem, it's not impacting. So the mm-hmm. key here is on-prem stays, uh, adding model still supported in on-prem. It's it's not immediately going to go away. Now, the connected model where you are acquiring from store, that's potentially uh, is, okay. you know, uh, gradually going away. Um, because there's no offerings anymore in store for, for SharePoint add-ins, and that makes no sense. Now, technically, we do, we, I would be highly surprised if there's a lot of customers are using the adding model from store in on-premises. They've been using mm-hmm. adding model, yes, but in the server. Um, and what we see quite often, or what I saw when I still work with some of those customers, was that the store was even blocked. By default, by the way, in on-prem, add-ins do not work. You need to do quite a significant configuration with the DNS entries, routing, DNA, yeah. all of that stuff. Uh, so it, it's it's not like the most of the on-premises deployments even were using adding model because it was surprisingly complicated thing to set up. It's complicated to set up, uh, and if you want to have an isolated environment, it, it, it kind of feels weird to open up to the internet to get code from the internet to run in your isolated environment. Uh, so uh, and it's a complex setup is there and for provider hosted add-ins, imagine. Um, for the provider host, there is a provider and a nice feed running a service that needs to be able to reach back into your farm. So then you have to expose your on-premises farm to the internet. It's probably yeah, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Uh, and in theory, that can work, but um, yeah. how many people are using that? There, there, there will be some, but uh, meaning it's really low. And, and overall, um, add-in install volumes are also really low, even taking into account SharePoint uh, online. So it's not yes. being like massively used at all anymore. So that's also the reason why we uh, are retiring. If this would be a very hot technology and everyone was using it, then we, we wouldn't be retiring right now. Yep. But it, it's, it's really fading out, and most people already uh, jump ship and, and went to, a, to more modern patterns. But um, there's a few around, and, and uh, we'll help them with uh, this. Uh, and, and, super, cycle. and super specifically, coming back on Wild, if your question, SPFX and then the backend in uh, .NET, uh, .NET servers hosted outside of uh, of the server. I would not and actually how, use of how would you do off? Uh, Windows off. Okay, works. so so NTLM, Kerberos, whatever yep. kind of the yes. same things yes. we used yes. to do in the past. Okay, identity in a browser, you know, that leaks directly on the other side. That's yeah, yeah. Um, and okay. that that typical yeah. setup. Kind of a classic setup. Now, nothing has changed. I, in other words, not uh, well. I would ne- I would try to avoid farm solutions for sure. They're still fully supported, which is which is something which which still is there. But but again, the the operational yeah, operational uh, overhead with farm solution is quite significant, and and there's quite a lot of you know risks involved as then you are modifying server side of your SharePoint server. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a mind boggling. Yeah. The opportunity. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And and me, like 15 years ago, listening this saying this out loud would be like, 
what has happened? Have you sold? Have you yeah, sold your soul? What, what is exactly? Crazy person. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> but yeah. On the so, on the add-in, yes, yeah. I want to just add one more thing uh, uh, before we maybe change topic or so. Um, there is also uh, tools for you as a customer uh, or consultant yes. uh, working for a customer to discover the usage of add-ins and ACS in your tenant. So the Microsoft 365 assessment tool has a new module that enables you to uh, run assessment across your whole tenant, across all the site collections and get like a nice Power BI report showing you like your add-ins being used and the add-ins came from the store or they came from the lab catalog and so on. They were installed at that date by that person. All details are there um, and also the ACS uh, setup is there. So uh, ACS principles with their permission so you can see like, hey, this there's a principle created with tenant full control. Should I have that or not? Uh, you can see how the principles are linked to the actual provider hosted add-ins if there are. Uh, so you have all the details there, kind of uh, making a plan. So you don't have to go blind and, and hope it will end up well. No, yeah. run assessment, you have the facts, uh, decide what is still relevant for my company. Uh, um, yes. Quite often things are not relevant anymore, but if there's things still relevant, then you at least know where to start from and which are the ones to uh, work on. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's what, almost... what was the name of the tool again for the audience? The Microsoft 365 assessment tool. It's an open source tool, by the way, in the PNP uh, GitHub repo. So uh, written it's... by who? So a team wrote that. <laughs> a team. Your team? <laughs> My yes. team. Yes, Bert's team. Who was the primary developer of this tool? That's. Uh... <laughs> I almost called them we. Maybe I have a problem true. in my head. I don't know. Uh, so. Is it the plural royalty? The plural we? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, so so and the assessment tool actually have multiple other other modules as well. So as an example, you a few years back we we had a big push on on modernizing uh, portals, classic portals and classic pages. Sand, sandbox and, too, and, right? And sandbox analysis was there. Uh, there was a lot of uh, like analyze tooling, and it's built on this brilliant framework with multi-threading and all of that. So it's able to actually you know, catch up on uh, doing things a bit more efficiently. Uh, and of course, it handles the throttling and all of that away. Um, this These operations are quite challenging, so to say, because this is basically cl using client-side APIs to scan the, the whole tenant to oh, understand tenant, the yeah. settings because those server-side APIs doesn't exist or the, the analytics or insights doesn't exist in the product, so. Oh, works really good, meaning. I can say that. Myself every day. No, 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 no. But let's say we have uh, enough stats uh, and data to uh, yes. show that it really runs for yep. the large tenants. It might run for days, but that's fine. It does indeed handle throttling. And if you're building that type of code, check out the code to see how, how we do it. Yep. It handles throttling, it handles um, the the rate limiting, for example. So actually, it, it, it's seldom will it will do a little throttling because it will just wait in time to not get throttled. So it's yeah, yeah. Nice. That's very neat. Like if if anything else, it sounds like a great reference just to even learn how to Absolutely. write this code. Absolutely. Yes. Fully yeah. open source. 
So yeah. community-led initiative. So and and which can be an MIT license as well. So people can technically crack the code and reuse that any way they want, which is really cool. So nice. That's really cool. Where did we come up with this open source stuff? I don't know. So you know. Right, Bert? Well, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we drank too much 15 years ago. <laughs> so may, maybe if I can, if I can uh, put you a bit on a spot, Bert, um, you are a software engineer at Microsoft, right? Like we are a profit company. Not for long. Not for long. Not for long anymore. No, no. Not for long is Bert an engineer or not for long <laughs> are we a profit company? Just to make it really clear for the audience. <laughs> yes. Let's go We're for the just first changing one. his title. So Yeah, okay, fair enough. Like yeah, but, but I mean like yeah. And no change is by the way on his role. He's not going anywhere, right, Bert? Just to be super clear on that. So yes. I try to get a new um, title each two years more or less. So in this <laughs> yes. we're at that point again. Just add like two or three behind the yard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your like, why why do you spend your time working on open source? Why? Uh, just because. Yes. Yeah. Like what's in it for for you? For me, I just like to help people, uh, get people to use software, uh, and, and uh, just that get, that kind of gives me some satisfaction. Kind of feedback from people like I use it, it works. I'm happy with it. Uh, and also linked to my initial internal uh, objectives. Driving usage, uh, growing the the community, uh, all these things play a role as well. Yeah. So it's a bit of different things that motivate me to do, do this work. Yeah. But that took actually quite a long time. So so it's actually nowadays we do have objectives um, and OKRs on the community side and growing the the mm -hmm. open source and all of that stuff, which is awesome by the way. But it took like eight years to get to that point that we finally got an official OKRs on growing the community because uh, quite often what happens in Microsoft, this is also for the kind of explaining for definitely for the external audiences that, uh, and I don't think it's a Microsoft specific thing. Uh, it's more on how big companies work and a profit driven companies work, which is we focus on projects, initiatives, and then we show the impact and move forward and the next one and the next one and the next one. The challenge of this kind of an open source project, and we talk, talk about this one with Waldeck also so often, is that this is a long-term sustainable engineering. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a spikes on things. And of course, inside of that long-term sustainable engineering, we do experiments and tests and everything else, but it's not the typical way how engineering works in Microsoft. So it's it's... Even in micro, especially actually, I would say, especially in Redmond, they are having hard time, or they used to have even more hard time understanding well, why would you, why are we, why are we, why are we having this work doing this stuff? Uh, luckily, that has changed. So, I think situation has uh, changed for the good, meaning uh, yeah. I think we all can also spend some more time of our, let's call it billable time uh, on open source, on community. That, that shows how you're like. next consultant. So. <laughs> yes. Billable time. Like Billable billable time. Was the last time I sent a for my time. Right. Uh, oh my God. Brings back yeah. memories. Don't, don't bring back those memories. No, no. Uh, it, was, it was a good time as well, but things have sure. changed. Yeah. Different sure. things right now. So, but yeah. But overall, I think we, Microsoft, we made like a company made, really made large steps forward when it comes to help community and open source and, and yes. helping out folks. So, um, more, there's more yeah. to do, obviously. We're not there, but, but uh, I think we're uh, doing good. 
and I think we talked about this one in the show in the past as well, but I, I have, I'm not sure actually, we talked about it. There, there's an interesting also, let's say, regional and a country level, cultural level differences on this. Um, and that comes from a, you know, Europe, we're always been more on, let's take care of our village um, and everything is fine. It's not about individual necessarily as much as it is about the village, because then the village, goodwill of the village will mean that you will have goodwill as well. Uh, and that's not necessarily always the case across the world uh, because of multiple, you know, cultural, uh, historical reasons. And uh, the approaches are a bit different. Uh, so that's it's... And that, that's been taking a while, for example, in Microsoft, which is a US-based company, to kind of adapt that mental mindset where we, where we are like, well, why are we giving this guy for free to help the community and customers? Well, because if we help the ecosystem, we benefit out of that as well. Um, and then the logical question is, okay, show me the correlation. Well, that's hard. Yeah. That's incredible. Good luck hard. with that. Well, <laughs> yes. yes and no. Yes and no. I think that you, if you are are willing to look deep enough you will see that like you will see that based yeah. on the apps people use and the apps people build you will see that based on the the way the apps are being built right and the kind of the 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 advancements that are there so i think you will see that but it's not trivial it's not like obvious yes. you turn this knob here and instantly there's this thing like it takes right. time because yes. because again like yeah. with, with anything else you're probably right. like Imagine that you wanted to kind of come up with a new part to build a house or the even new way to build a car. It will not be allowed to drive on an open street immediately. Like it has to be certified, verified, and like you need that takes time. And it's the same thing here. People build something, it takes time because like you're basically putting a bet on something you take from internet. Who's to say that it's there to stay? And if and if it's it's gone, then what does that mean for your work? So I think it's just that long tail of adoption and building trust is really a key thing here. Like there, there is no such thing as overnight adoption, especially in open source, right? Because you are taking a dependency on something else. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also good that that we maybe also don't really move around that fast. So if you have an organization where people move around like each two years, which yes. is pretty common in the US, in the US side of Microsoft, then it's also harder to get in, build up this kind of community and, and consistency because uh, uh, pe new people, new objectives, new visions, and so, so on. Yes. That's good as well, but uh, you have to have a mix of both, I would say, I think, to, to keep the, the model going. You definitely yeah. need to have new ways of thinking and fresh thinking, but then you need to mm -hmm. have that, you know, the trust comes from right. sustainability and, and the, the, the consistency is king. We talked about well, that. But, it, but it's hard because it's such a multi-faceted thing, right? Where on one hand, you've got a person, their ambition, their career, their drive. And again, there are only so many hours in a day and a week and you can spend, spend them only once. And everybody decides for themselves the way they want to live their life, right? So you factor that in. Two, there is the market opportunities, technology, ecosystem, like we've seen this year, AI feels like it fell out of the blue and affecting everything, right? It's True. just like, it's hard sometimes to even see the world beyond AI because everything's AI. It's so, it's such a big, big thing. Again, we adopted that, which is also a good thing, but it also means that, well, given the limit of hours in a week, we do that so that we're not doing something else. And that has, again, impact on things. So True. it's really, really 
hard like there is no single simple answer to that other, other other than you know the physics it takes time to build trust sure. right like that is kind of like the basic thing like there's non-negotiable thing and then based on that you have to like okay so given the changes that dynamics the retention in personnel how do we marry this these two sure sure that's an interesting challenge for sure always but on the, the trust, optimistic note. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> on that optimistic note. And now, um, uh, just um, r related on the AI, let's do a quick uh, we chat on that one and then round, round up on what's happening within your calendar next week. I know that, but, you know, just, just talking about what's happened. Um, but um, you, Bert, are actually driving a lot of the AI uh, thinking also, uh, or some of the AI thinking in the, in, uh, in the platform uh, side of the, our organization. Do you see the AI being a, you know, mind-bubblingly different for developers? Do we could throw everything away, what we have right now, and AI is the replacement of everything? Or how do you see the, the transition? Um, Was that a bit my, leading question? No, 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 no. But, uh, <laughs> in my view, AI definitely is not like uh, any form of replacement for development, right? Uh, but it's, it will make life easier for developers. That I'm 100% convinced of that, and I've just experienced that on a day-to-day -day basis. If you write code and use, for example, GitHub Copilot, it's really good, it's amazing, and uh, it does help, and it, it just gets better and, and uh, more flexible. And, and so I uh, think that uh, I would see it in, in that direction, like uh, just as a really like a co-pilot. Eh? That name has some notion. <laughs> It's like some someone really helping you drive along and, and do things more productive and faster and, and better. Yep. Um, that's where we are today, and and uh, and we're still, yeah, making the first steps. I would say, in my view, there's still a lot of things that can be improved. And um, if you start playing with things, I think Copilot is, is is out already for some some experiences like Office and more coming. Uh, works great, but it's still. If you envision what it can do, it can it should be able to do even way more. So there's sure. a long road of things that uh, to be added to uh, to our AI copilot story, uh, also for developers. So um, yep. indeed, so we are thinking about brainstorming about what can it be and, and uh, or planning what it will be. So, but we think it's really too too early to uh, give details there. Now on the on the social media uh, this week or last week there was already the pictures related on the latest uh, ChatGPT and Dali E uh, Dali mm -hmm. E three you know things, and then the the one of one of the classic demos was like hey we don't need developers anymore we'll just take a screenshot yeah. out of the 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 solution and it will build the whole SaaS application for me, and um, that was the storyline. Um, and so will that be reality or what's your take? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually uh, when you think about it. So if you if 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 there are leadership and the leadership level team uh, team lead, leadership team level people CXO level people who are not that familiar with technology and writing code and really kind of understand what the writing code actually means, um, those kind of demos are incredibly harmful for the whole IT ecosystem well, because we give well. this impression on. Whoa. Well, you don't need this stuff anymore. We don't need developers anymore. Uh, uh, everyone, yeah, but everyone who we, we did like a slightly larger project, just let's say 
at a company, not, not like a home project or student project where it's like very simple test or something. Once you go beyond that, uh, it can give you a starting basis, but there's a lot of work to do to make it uh, production ready and, and maintainable and performing and so on. So, but it is pretty cool. And the demos are really cool where you take like a picture of a Figma file and say here, give me the HTML and it will kind of scaffold something which is decent, but it's not good yeah. enough, right? Yeah. Maybe it will eventually be good enough at a certain point, but uh, today definitely I not. I think but... it seems to me like, you know, the holy grail where we want to be, and this is not the first time we're at it. Sure. There's like every few years, there's new advancement with new way to generate code and this and developers. And it's like, I've been around in pro professional IT career since 2006 or so. I think this is a third wave or so of like, we don't need devs anymore. Mm -hmm. And yep. yet again, here we are. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and we have a massive demand for developers. So we have a yeah. what is it? Four hundreds of thousands like of gap. all research shows there's going to be more demand for devs. There's not enough devs, and it's only going up, right? And yeah. the whole thing, like, yes, like of course we we aspire to do that, and to kind of like I see a huge thing for it to eliminate the mundane work, like yeah. you writing yeah. million tests. But even then. You get a bunch of code spit out by 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 a machine. Who's to say that it, that it's right? Like sure. I'm using it almost the whole day now, and it's like for some things it's great, and for for some things it gives you like hallucinates, right? It gives you things that aren't there, like wrong properties, yeah. non-existing stuff, and you're like, and you're asking it back. It's like, oh yeah, my my bad. It's like. Okay, like how about you kind of loop yourself to double check your own answers first before yeah. giving them to me and having yeah. like so I think it's easy to get the first thing, but then the moment that breaks or the moment you need to adjust something based on the code yeah. you, you don't understand and you didn't write yourself, all the yeah. time you won by not doing it initially, you will lose twice by figuring out what what it does. That's that's yeah. that's why I think that it, it really works well if you generate small snippets, um, like a few lines of code, like a little method or whatever, something small, I mean, it's something you can oversee. Once the, the demos where they generate like uh, 10 files and whole project structure and so on, yeah, uh, sorry, but that, if you have to try to get that to work and debug and change something in there, it will be easier to just start over again. Uh, yeah. So It's almost like work. the... In the Power Apps, pretty recently we had the oh, some new feature. You can just draw on the paper and show it to the picture, and then it will basically create yeah. that. Yeah, but not really. So it's okay. However. And we 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 used to have this in a Visual Studio as well. Um, if you think about all of the tool uh, toolbox, you know, the controls in a toolbox, all of that stuff, and you can just drag and drop well, and I'm make the your same, like con mm. converting Visio drawing to workflows. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that yeah, was that one well. thing. Yet another um, um, example, right? And like, how yes. many? I think if you go back in time, like there were so many things where you could just start like low fidelity thing, like a sketch or like drawing few things, and then convert it to a form or an app. Yes. And it's like, yes. And every time it was like, eh, not quite. But it's a great demo. It's a great demo. It's a great demo. Yeah. <laughs> Great storyline oh. and yeah, I, sensational. Like it's just sensational. Yes. Like, yeah, do we need devs? One thing I think we, we can improve. We'll see improvement is that that uh, you mentioned that it hallucinates does wrong things, uh, which is true. Uh, depending how you configure things, how how it was 
kind of built by the team uh, during the service. But it's more and more focused on, on getting uh, accurate data, accurate input, uh, real-time data in the in the models. Because um, they're trained, they have a certain cut of data. They, have, they only know about, until that particular date. If your thing changed afterwards, so let's say you have a new SPX release afterwards, yeah, the new SDK, new API, new docs. Yeah, yep. and you will see uh, more and more kind of plugins appearing, models appearing, where you can actually uh, enrich and plug yes. in your own data and, and make it accurate. So I think the quality so, with that will increase over time because it, it, it will be able to use accurate data uh, for the given your response. So that's an interesting point. Because the, the other day we've seen announcement that ChatGPT, I believe, is now able to reach out to the internet already by itself. So what? So with, yeah, the Bing. Uh, so will we see? And, yeah. and also another angle is, you know, as AI becomes more commodity and it becomes cheaper to use and so forth and so on. Which of the three things do you think we will see? Do we see increase in plugins? Do we see? AIs and LMs being able to just go out to the internet and fetch whatever they need by themselves, or do we see more near to real time building LLMs so that they have access to the latest stuff without without bothering us with plugins? I think All of the last one the last one will depend on the cost. Uh, yes. <laughs> if, if, if we can train them really fast and low cost uh, and yes. host them more with, with less uh, resource constraint uh, resource needs. Then yes, that thing is definitely a way forward. And there's a lot of investigation going on to models which are more compressed and, and uh, like multiple small LLMs uh, orchestrated by a larger LLM. That kind of thinking is ongoing. So I think will evolve in the direction over time, but will take some take a while. Um, plugins, I think yeah, sure that will uh, be a thing. Will grow. There'll be more plugins. Uh, will be easier to develop them. So that's the way to get your actual data in. And depending on the scenario, like if you do like a, a web search for something you need to know, it might return the good thing, but typically the first thing is not always the good thing, right? Sure, sure. And if you, if you, if you say <laughs> the first thing is hardly ads. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just, but the LM will, do, will not reason over uh, the results. So it, it will do a search query and get the data, take the, take the first few hits, stuff them in the prompts, and then say, use this data to give an answer. Yeah. If that first data is more curated by a team, let's say we, we, we have like a set of SPVX related content where we say, this is good. This is what we want people to use. This documentation, these are the samples, et cetera. Here are the, the FAQs and so on. If you give that, then you get a good response. Yeah. So I think that's so the could, second, well, that, second that thing there. Means we could, that there has to be people still curating that stuff. 100%. I think so. Yes. And, yes. And that's basically, if you think about the existing LLMs and the large language models and everything else, there has been a lot of people involved on saying, this is correct, that's bad, this mm -hmm. is correct, bad. You know, the classic story on on how does an, a, a machine learning or AI understand yep. the difference between a cat and a dog? Yep. It's, that's not a simple of, task. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like, yeah, but there's those tails, yeah, and all of that stuff. But as a human being, it's instant. You know, immediately, is it a cat or is it a dog? A computer. Well, until you get a breed that you haven't seen and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> but typically, you can still reason. Because, uh, going sideways. Uh, <laughs> I 
let's make a universal <laughs> definition of cat and dog. Uh, but, yeah. but something what you said, which is interesting, is is that um, we we should kind of whitelist the, the information or, or you know promote the information which is the most relevant for the. Uh, yeah. for the AI. So the, the this is basically validated. Now, the interesting thing about that one is that if you think about metadata in a internet pages and, and how we built the Google and Bing at some point, that was mm -hmm. all based on the metadata um, and basically information on the on the inside of the page. We could do something yeah. similar with the the information well, who will be the judge, right? Correct. Everybody That's wants the challenge precisely the yeah. following step, which is like, okay, then who decides which of this is more authoritative than the other one? Well, oh, that's that's a problem. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and there, there the plugins come into play, yeah, because then Correct. you, as as a user, you say like, I want to use this plugin, this set of plugins when uh, they when I use the AI functionality. And you pick the author, let's imagine as a plugin that brings uh, SPFX and graph data, which is the Microsoft official uh, curated content set yes, for exactly. SPFX and graph. Yes. Yeah. And, and you're a developer, you can plug that in into uh, your developer experience, uh, and you can ask something something about SPFX, which so generate the SPFX code snippet, and it understands that it can also look inside that data set. Then you get uh, something really useful, I think. Yeah, and yep. then and that's not that far on, off. On, on us to curate the data that is coming back that, that is relevant and up to date and the most important. Yep. 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 And of yep. course, as part of this, we end up having this uh, the authenticity, the, the, the diversity and inclusive discussion who's making those decisions, even in Microsoft versus the bias of the data and everything else. But again, it's 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 just the conclusion is that this is not a simple task to do. It can be a community uh, project or a community maintained security <laughs> list of resources sure. that they sure. feel they should, should be. belong to the official be. set of SPFX documentation as taking taking example. Sounds like yep. something that could be potentially gamed if you get enough votes. Like the yes. kinda you know, the yes. Wikipedia kind of thing where it's owned by yep. an open thing and if you've got enough uh credits what you could potentially create a page that is rubbish. Yep. True. True. Oh, I think we're on something, but let's leave that to that. So that's actually really good. <laughs> I mean, if anything else, it will be interesting to see because I think that if that's going to happen, it's going to introduce a new kind of job that we currently do not have. True. True. And most likely, Somebody, this is a logical direction where we are for sure heading because, again, yeah. it's not about the amount of do we have the data. The data exists. Is the accuracy of the data is the problem? And Which data is the AI, most relevant correct. for? Yeah. So it's kind of you have to have the technical chops in order to be able to judge the data, yeah. yes. but then you also mm -hmm. need to be uh, data skilled. So kind of librarian meets developer. Well, well like, don't AI... worry, you can stay working until you're retired in tech. So yes, no, no exactly. <laughs> so calm down. Calm in down. sixteen years, we'll have this discussion, right? That was the so yes. we started the. the <laughs> the podcast on that 16 year Where the purpose. AI will be in 16 years. <laughs> Library. Anyway, what's happening the, the next week on your side? Anything interesting? Uh, well, I know what Versus is doing because yeah. I know I'm doing yeah. that. <laughs> um, what are you doing? What are you what doing? Are you doing Fessa? Can we tell that? I think, so. I, have, right. I think we can in high level talk about what we're doing. So. I, I guess it's and and to be fair, we're releasing this podcast uh, after next week. So, haha, whatever we're saying happening next week has already happened. If nothing dramatic happens in between, but okay, what have you done? Come <laughs> clean. No, no, what no, no. So, I, I think we're just playing around on how much details we can actually share. But um, uh, we're 
both the whole team uh, is flying to Redmond, which is pretty cool, and doing a lot of uh, initial semester planning and brainstorming and, and all of that stuff on multiple, multiple areas. So a lot of busy days related on, okay, so and, and basically on the flat board and, and really trying to come up with a plans and things which we should focus on and all of that stuff. There's, there's a lot of initial thinking already done, uh, but then it's good to be in the same room. Uh, and it's been a while to be, to drop by at the office. That's so. cool. That is cool. So, mm -hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah, be great. yeah, as well, as well. It's been a while since I've been in a campus, so as well. So it's it's really yeah. good. So, Apparently, it changed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have meetings in a new building, so there will be some different. Uh, style. Oh yes, we do. Have yes, but been, been to the uh, tree treehouse? Uh, no. Not in Treehouse. But there you go. You have to be there. You yeah. have to. Yeah. yeah, we could try by at the Treehouse. You have, that's you have enough of these in Finland, right? Yeah, like it's pretty close by. On So most of the, the us will be in building 34 for most of the time. But then we have some visits on the just the brand new buildings as well, which there's few of them already you know, ready to go. Uh, most of them are still in the middle of. They're doing this multi tens and tens of square meters and uh, square feet uh, additional space. It's just mind-bogglingly big uh, area what they're cool. building right now. So nice. will be cool to see that whenever it's ready. So. Cool. What about you, Waldek? Anything interesting? I am not going to Redmond. You are not, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I am in the middle of working. We are a new like like if. Anybody cares to pay attention to 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 my work the last weeks? It's a lot about uh, connectors uh, from, yep. from Graph, right? So unraveling like what it is, what it's working, how it's built, and and I've built actually a few of them, and it's pretty cool tech, even to the point where a colleague of mine got me stoked on 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 building one in Python. So I've built literally in two days' time with the help of AI. I learned Python. Cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually, cool. I mean, it's actually pretty cool because, like, when you think about like the way you learn, like, I I can code. I know about things like you know variables and arrays and all the patterns. Like, the only thing, thing that that I need to know is what are the the Python specific things so that I won't end up building writing C sharp in Python. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Because like it has things like it it has a construct of a class. But also, it has the same thing where you've got in JavaScript where a file is a module, so you don't need a class. So it's this really intriguing thing, like how you, it's the first time I went through that experience, learning a language in that way, like have just AI being being a sidekick and tell me what are the differences that I need to know to be able to write an app. And like the first app that I, that I wrote is basically a connector, and it's not in you know, a trivial thing. Like it's not like a to do thing sure. or or mm -hmm. a hello world. So it's like I am knee deep in uh doing all kinds of stuff and it's really, really cool. Like it's almost almost done. So yeah, it's really exciting to, to like, hey, like I'm I am genuinely excited about learning new tech. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> I learned a thing. Yes, that's really cool. Python is is gaining a lot of popularity as well, so it's good to, oh, good yeah, to find which to learn. Yeah, so, AI but, space, ML space yes. is really big because of all of the packages that are available to working with that. True. Yep. True. It's the AI. All of the AI is done with Python. It used to be done only with Python. More languages are there now, but uh, also LMs are really well trained on Python. They understand it really well. 
because yeah. it's a lot of samples that they kind of been using feeding it or Python. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's it. Uh, I just realized that that on this no no meeting Friday, I'm just uh, yeah. a few minutes late from my next meeting. So um... <laughs> but that's all good. So thank you, Bert, for joining. Really good discussion and, and multiple you know areas and and uh, it's I'm looking forward to actually catching up on next week as well. It'll be it's been Absolutely. a while since we met, been <laughs> actually in physically in the same location. So. Which is cool as well. Uh, sorry, Waldek, you're not there, but we'll meet in the ESBC, uh, which is happening later November. Yeah. So that should be good as well. I think all of us will be in ESBC, which is yeah. great. Oh my God. <laughs> in Amsterdam. Yes, yes, indeed. Cool. But thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. Um, as, as we started the, the, the the uh, recording today. We will not have articles on this episode uh, because we're recording this off the normal schedule. Uh, we'll have more articles on the next one. Bert, thank you. Our pleasure. Uh, Waldek, we'll be back within a week, right? And for two of you, enjoy your trip and I'm looking forward to hearing stories. <laughs> Excellent. Cheers. <laughs> Later. Bye. Cheers, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>